You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. G'day guys, welcome to another week of the Perth Property Show where our number one experts in all fields of property in Perth come in and help us out with a new topic of interest. I'm Trent Fleskins, your host, and I am super excited about this week's topic. Today we're talking public and private investment in Perth and how that's affecting or will affect values going into the future. To help us out, we've got CBRE's Managing Director of Valuations, Mike Valletta. Thanks for coming in, Mike. Thanks, Trent. Look forward to uh, going through this, particularly with the new airport link. It's an exciting time. It is an exciting time. And we often talk about the eastern suburbs, the benefits that they will have. And let's talk about Forestfield High Wycombe Maida Vale immediately surrounding the airport links. Yeah. I see there's a lot of people in these areas work nearby industrial, light industrial, commercial zones around the airport. So they may not be the type of people that need to use the airport, particularly to access Perth CBD. Rather, food for thought is people of Kalamunda, Gooseberry Hill, Helena Valley and Les Murdy that may benefit the most. These areas have people that are corporate professional types, some of which need to get into the Perth CBD for work. These areas are easily accessible to the airport links by bus and car. So they may be the, the major big winners in the Eastern Airport link. You know what I'm thinking, Mike? I'm thinking that it's not even about the people that are currently there. It's the people that will come to those areas or consider those areas for the first time, given that now there is a solution to getting, whether it's to work or to the airport. What about all the young FIFO families that never considered Forestfield or High Wycombe, even though the prices are great? Soon enough, they're going to have that opportunity where the guy who's working up doing a two-in-one, he can ride his bike to the train station, leave, set and forget, and straight on one stop underground straight to the airport. Excellent opportunities, Trent, and particularly the agents in the eastern suburbs are very excited by it. So too are the owners of properties or reasonable land holdings that could potentially benefit. Many of these property commentators have been just focusing around Forestfield, Highwick and Maida Vale as being the main areas. Mm. But the airport link may add a lot more employment opportunities as well, which we can't deny. The $1.86 billion Forestfield Airport link is anticipated to deliver a new rail service to the eastern suburbs of Perth with stations at Redcliffe and Forestfield. And I certainly referred some of my thoughts around Sean Wilson, who's one of our senior values in the eastern suburbs. Mm. They're very positive. There has been some little bit of market movement, but much like I refer back to when the Mandra rail link was taking shape. Yeah, that's a good example. The perception was that it will rise values, but I think there's other stronger determinants of value rather than just airport or rail links i think they do sustain value over time yep but at the moment there's other drivers of value that are becoming a real issue in our market the good thing about the city of kalamunda on that side of the airport is that they're preparing for that airport link to come in they provided for new zoning allowing your properties which most of them were never going to be developable now you can do a house behind a house you can do a triple x you can do apartments so there's so many opportunities sitting there for investors developers to get in when they're ready I'm not seeing a lot of movement in terms of those big developments starting to move, but it is there when the money seems to be there on the pre-feasibilities. They've got, obviously, they've invested in the shopping center again. But if you look at the other side of the airport, as you said, Redcliffe, that opens up Redcliffe and Cloverdale and Belmont directly to, again, that same idea of set and forget. And let's not forget that airport link, it's coming off the Midland line. It's spurring out of Ashfield. So suddenly now, there's another reason amongst the reasons that are already there, to live in Ashfield, Bassendine, Bayswater. It's not a taxi or an Uber that's $15, $20 to get to the airport anymore. It's a 3 or $4 train ride. 
Yeah, it's incredible if you look at the eastern suburbs and traditionally, and sort of jump to another point that I was actually going to raise, is that we have traditionally gravitated north and south along the freeway routes mm. and our need to live near the ocean. What we've neglected, and we've got a natural barrier of the hills in the east, where we often haven't built beyond that, but there's some great lifestyle properties within 20 to 30 kilometres of Perth mm. and with easy access. This is going to open all of these properties up to make them much more accessible. As you said, it's generally been the most affordable properties in Perth, once again over time. And let's not forget that is actually one of the a long-term project. So it's not as if it's here today, gone tomorrow. It's something that we're going to invest in now and into the future the next decade, and we'll yeah. continue to look at growing values in those eastern corridors yeah you look at midland for example they've got the university that's coming through you've got the hospital that's been obviously upgraded and then you add a direct link saving you know half an hour to get to the airport game changer absolutely and it may pay to mention the new kenwick rail freight facility under construction at wellspool road in kenwick 17 hectares of land acquired by Public Transport Authority. We would not be surprised if there's scope to build a passenger rail facility there. And uh, this would be the new North Forest Field between the new North Forest Field and existing Thornley Station. So once again, growth in those eastern corridors and much better access for the public. It's linking the east to the west, isn't it? We've never had really that east-west train line on the south. or We, we haven't had that east-west train line on the south. And understanding that there is an ability to utilize that old freight link around that area, Ranford Road through Canningvale and Kenwick, that connects people in Thornley and Cannington to the city in a different way, but also to Coburn where they may have family or the beach. Absolutely. And it'll just be a shifting culture in the lifestyles of West Australians or particularly people in Perth that using the train to get around the city now is a very viable option mm. or when this whole metro net is completed as it sort of goes through its stages. So it gives us some great lifestyle opportunity. And yeah, so we, I guess we are talking metro net now that we've, we've naturally moved into that topic. It's obviously something that is a long-term project. It's got its initial investment in the airport and around that Canyon Vale Ranford Road area. But there are other places that are going to be receiving that benefit over the next 10 years. And that's, I guess, more of a long-term investment idea on the property side. Absolutely. Uh, Metronet is the bigger picture project that may take 20 years plus to really see the full benefits when and how the whole project comes together. It's probably too early to call. Some speculators are probably suggesting that values have continued to roll, have started to rise. Uh, we haven't seen that evidence necessarily in terms of the sales that we see through the market. Mm. Perceptions doesn't always turn out to be reality. But once again, I, I utilise the, uh, the Northern Link and the Mandra Link is that over time it does tend to hold values. But I also reiterate that values in our, our markets are determined by other factors that are obviously impacting at the time. But access to transport is a great asset to our um, to our city. Well, there are people screaming it out for it, really. If you look at Ellenbrook, Averley, that area, they were sold the idea that they'd have a train station a decade ago. Yes. And we're still looking at a decade from now until something gets out there. And, you know, who knows if that gets pushed back again but it's at least nice to see that there is a framework now there is an intention there is an understanding of how this will be built and uh, you know, as long as we can start keeping our politicians accountable to when this will be built you might actually start seeing Ellenbrook being serviced the way it needs to be because right now obviously it's not and that's what's having massive impact on price along with the oversupply of, of land obviously. Yes, we've seen the northeast corridor grow up through Brabham all the way through to Allenbrook and Averley. It definitely uh, is well overdue in terms of a rail link, as you know, as you touched on. Mm. Transport routes in terms of roads are getting better constantly. But, they, but they're behind, aren't they? You look at Correct. Lord Street. That, yes. That's, it takes you half an hour to get down Lord Street in the morning. 
Yes, yeah, it is. And and there is still a, a large amount of development going on along those sort of corridors, which obviously congestion is is the next real problem we it's, have in it's that It's like space. playing catch-up, isn't it? Yep. You know, every time that the government has an idea about how to widen a road or add more capacity, 100 more you know, plots of land have been put open Correct. Uh, for, to market. The railway line has been a political football for a number of years now, so Metronet will certainly serve to alleviate some of those pains when it eventually does open its doors into Allenbrook. Alchemos too, I guess. You know, that's a suburb that is going to be massive. It's good to see that that investment is already happening. Yes, the train link right out to uh, Alchemos now is a real benefit, uh, along with the extension of the Northern Freeway. goes for a duration, but once again... They have challenges in terms of uh, land supply, new construction supply and those things. But for once, it's a great uh, look into the future of our city in terms of as it expands north, particularly through to Alchemos and into Yangship. So we've talked public investment here. That's half of the coin. That's one side of the equation, isn't it? The other side of the coin is private investment. What about shopping centres? You know, that's yes. part of the private de- yep. private investment spectrum. And for me, what we're seeing is a, a renaissance of the shopping centre lifestyle coming in. We've got about 10, you know, major shopping centres in the Perth metro area that, have, that are all you know, decades Expanded. old and people have started to stray away from them. And what we've seen though, is that instead of closing shop, Big money is, is coming in to turn these shopping centres, these skeletons, into big lifestyle attractions. Uh, you look at Whitford's and Lakeside, Joondalup, uh, they've turned these places into simply shopping venues and now lifestyle places with cafes and restaurants and bars and places for the kids to play. And I think that's been a great thing to recognise, especially if you're looking for an investment, making a decision about what factors are important. I think the shopping centre thing is going to be big. You look at Inaloo, Carinup, the way the Galleria, you know, it's carousels. Well, the evolution of retail hubs is important and we've sort of seen a shift in terms of what a shopping centre once was. Mm. It now is a lifestyle occasion again. And if you look at Garden City and where Carinup sits in terms of what the future developments for those sites are around residential, commercial, retail, lifestyle, a place to go and to do things, uh, that's extremely important. Transport hubs are obviously also do the same, pretty much so. So we have seen a massive shift in terms of how we otherwise view regional shopping centres. And you can see in terms of development, as you touched on earlier, in terms of retail outlets in the eastern suburbs, uh, a whole host of private investors have injected lots of money in terms of making those spaces much more user-friendly. And it's good to see the local councils under the direction of the state government providing for development opportunity strategically close to these hubs. Not just for the sake of it, but because they recognise that density close to these lifestyle areas is actually a good idea. And people are starting to notice it. Planning is an essential part of the evolution of our city. We, we can certainly knock planning as much as we want, but we need to get it right. In many cases, we only get one shot at it. So mm. we need to make sure the planning from today suits us for the next 30, 40, 50 years. I guess the same, I sort of touch on Metronet. It is a long-term project. It is a project that we obviously needed to have or we need to have. It is a project to hopefully future-proof our, the congestion in terms of our streets, our freeways, our suburbs. So in, in that respect, it's extremely important from just a lifestyle point of view but also from an investment point of view it's a great option for private investors to get in there and really inject some life into these transport nodes and hubs Mm. and on that private investment and the planning side we've been chatting about where that next wave of development and subdivision opportunity is going to be and I guess there is a reality we need to mention is that not everyone's happy about this. You know, there are some suburbs that are very keen to see gentrification, see private development, money injected into their area, new houses, new types of product. 
especially in the aging suburbs where you've got downsizers that would like to stay in the area but want something fresh. However, we've spoken about this, Mike. There yeah. are suburbs where people are not in my backyard. They don't want change. And yeah. that is, you know, the idea of Metronet and whatnot is not something that everyone's happy about. Yeah, look, Metronet should affect the outer suburbs that are planned to be linked, mm. i.e., Alcamos, we touched on, and the eastern suburbs, and others in the south. But it's a real mixed bag for the likes of possibly Shenton Park, Subiaco, where local councils are having to substantially increase their zoning densities to justify Metronet targets. Uh, local buyers do pay premiums for character homes. Higher density development will be tough to get through local council, but if it does happen and the streetscape changes... Mm. It can likely detract from values, from what generally people want is a lot that they can have their lovely character home or their home on a decent-sized piece of land without medium to high-density development nearby. So it's a very delicate balance for not only state planning, but also local government. Well, that's the thing. The state government has asked every council to pull their weight. It's not just going to come down to City of Stirling, blanket opening up development on another suburb. Every suburb in a strategic way has been asked to increase density in areas where it would be of benefit. Yep. Issue is, whilst it may be of benefit from an ideological point of view, if you go down to the streets and you walk the streets, those same su- streets that we believe sh- should have benefit have residents who are just not keen on the idea. And that's going to slow down that progress, I think, of opening up that land that the next generation of buyers, in especially the western suburbs, may not be able to access for longer than really what we'd like. Yes, still a contentious issue waiting to be played out, particularly in established areas. So that, together with the infill program, I would imagine over time will be subject to much debate. Mike, thanks a lot for your time. Let's have another chat soon. Thanks, Trent. Okay, so today's Suburb Spotlight, we're featuring High Wickham and who better to help us out with that conversation than Mr. High Wickham himself, Simon Mills from Centurion. Simon, thanks for coming down. You're welcome. Simon, for me, High Wickham is one of my favourite suburbs. It's a sleeping giant and there's a few reasons for that. Firstly being that airport link coming down on Dundas Road. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge thing for High Wycom. We've been waiting for it for a long time. It's going to put a lot of infrastructure into High Wycom. Probably going to put it on the map. It already has put it on the map. There's a lot of people looking to invest in High Wycom now, basically because of the, the new train station. Well, people call it the Forestfield train station, don't they? But really, it's in High Wycom. Absolutely. A little bit frustrating because I had some clients come over from Sydney, fly in uh, to look at properties in Forestfield. They asked me where the train station was actually going. Yeah, I had to tell them it was actually going in High Wycombe. So they're coming back this weekend to check out High Wycombe now. For me, that investment is going to bring in a new demographic of people who need that airport, really. And for me, that's the people who in the last boom, FIFO workers and whatnot, decided to place themselves either as a rental or as a purchase in areas like Belmont and Cloverdale because it was that was the closest spot to the domestic airport. Now with that airport link being one stop underneath the airport and straight out your door, you could be riding your bicycle from your house in High Wycombe just down the road or taking a quick Uber, lock and leave your car. I think that's, is that what's going to be that new demographic of people, those young families where, you know, one of the parents is, is working FIFO? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's going to be, um, I believe, a quite a large car park where you will be able to park, lock and leave, 
long term, short term. For instance, my children always had to go to Midland, catch a train or a bus and then go to the city. It used to take them 45 minutes an hour. Mm. Now the new train station, Forestville Link train station, that's going to make it five minute walk to the train station, get on the train, can be in the city in 20 minutes. Yeah. Big so, difference. Absolutely. At people that want to get to the airport, it's a case of, you know, you won't be dropping them off to the airport, which is, you know, 15 minutes drive. You'll be dropping them off to the train station. They get their luggage and they're at the airport in two minutes. Straight away. Yeah. So, and yep. That really helps out, I think. Next point, development capacity. Things have really changed in High Wycombe and Forest Field uh, in particular due to the uh, rezoning by the city of Kalamunda. What's happened? What did you what what did you used to be able to do and what can we do now in High Wycombe? You used to be able to put pretty much a home behind a home. Yeah. Uh, battle axe blocks were, were the go and people were developing their larger blocks, say, you know, needed to be nine hundred a thousand square meters and they put a battle axe of That was it. That was it. Yep. Yep. Now the rezoning is allowing people to do multiple dwellings. There's a lot of different zonings have gone into High Wycombe. I believe that it's really, really going to change the face of High Wycombe, if you like, and make it a much, much denser community. It'll, it'll, it'll change the face as well. They're not looking to have all these old houses um, at the front anymore. They're looking to develop and make it into a make it into a young suburb. That's what I've noticed. Unlike uh, suburbs like Balga, for example, which is not a great analogy given that High Wycombe is is a different type of suburb to Balga. But unlike where the zoning was just a clean change to R40, City of Kalamunda has made it R20 or R25 slash 40. And in that case, to get to that R40, to be able to subdivide a 700 square meter lot into two or to do a triple X on 1,000 square meters, you need to be able to meet a number of upgrades to the existing house to be able to get that R40. So we're talking about upgrading the roof, putting solar panels in, rendering the front maybe, just bringing up the amenity of the suburb so that we're actually, the, uh, these investors are coming in and, and not neglecting the old houses, but bringing everything up in standard two. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. As I said, it's going to change the, the streetscape of, you know, of High Wycombe. There'll be an incentive to invest across the board. Absolutely. On the private investment side, we've got the upgrade to Forest Hill Shopping Centre. Any other upgrades in the area that, that you're seeing that, that are just helping with the amenity? There will be. It's a little bit slow on the uptake, which is surprising me a lot, actually, because there hasn't been that influx of capital put into High Wycombe as yet. But if you have a look at the zoning and you have a look at what is proposed for around the train station, it's absolutely going to be huge. It's going to be another hub, if yep. you like, with motels, hotels, um, shops. But t tell me about who is currently living in High Wycombe. What are the demographics right now? It's For me, it's a bit of a sleepy suburb. A lot of people wouldn't even know where High Wycombe is. Who's historically, what type of families or uh, is it families, is it individuals, is it older type of suburb? Who's living there now and what sort of people are you seeing starting to come in and buy on the first home buyer level? Yeah, there's there's what I would call the, the smart first home buyers. They're picking up on the fact that there's a lot of zoning changes happening. So they're wanting to buy their first home, but they're not necessarily buying a 300 square meter block uh, with a brand new house on it, they're, they're a little bit clued up in the fact that they realise that they can buy their first home, possibly live there for, for three or four years or five years, get a little bit of equity in it and then subdivide and develop it. So there's those um, smart first home buyers. There's a lot of children that have grown up in High Wycombe that want to stay in High Wycombe. Mm. They're buying 
you know, new properties or older properties in High Wycombe as well. Um, you've got a lot of investors overseas and interstate. As I said earlier, I've got some people flying over from Sydney on a regular basis because they realise that High Wycombe is, you know, with the new train station and all the infrastructure that's going in, is the place to buy it. So it's, it's a hot suburb. Well, and, it's, a cheap, um, it's a cheap buying point at the moment, isn't it? Can you give us an understanding of that median house price across a couple of different products, different, different uh, property types? What are we looking at spending if we're looking at getting into High Wycombe? Well, you can um, you can buy properties. You can buy a seven hundred square meter block with a three by one on it. Um, you know they've dropped slightly, um, probably to about three hundred thousand, um, three hundred and twenty thousand. You can um, some of those are subdividable as well. You know some of the subdividable ones will cost a bit um, more. Cost a little bit more, obviously, due to the fact that they are subdividable, and yep. you can cut them, cut them up, make some money. Yep, absolutely. You know you can buy you can buy larger properties. You can buy nine hundred square meters. Again, they're going to cost a little bit more. You can buy the properties that have already been subdivided through you know four hundred square meters with a brand new house on it for. Um, around the $420,000 mark. Yep, so that's that new product that people are developing that is starting to change the uh, you know the amenity, the face of High Wycombe already. Absolutely, yep, yep. There's plenty of those around and there's plenty for sale at the moment as so, well. So you've got, I guess, that older 70s, 80s type of origin. Yep. And then you've got the new stuff that's coming in that is developing on top of those those older properties. Yep, and you've even got the, the newer areas, you know, such as Jacaranda and Kringle Green, which have been developed probably 12, 13 years ago. Yep. 500 square meter blocks with a four by two, and they have probably dropped around 40,000. So this is c- coming off of the peaks in 2015? That's, that's it. That's correct, you know, and, and you can pick those up. You can pick a really, really nice house up in High Wycombe, even with a good rental return for, for around the 500, 480, 500, whereas you'd be, you would have been paying 530 to 540 for those houses three years ago. Yeah, okay. So let's put a situation to you, Simon. If you had $400,000 to spend, where would you be buying? High Wycombe. And what would you be buying? <laughs> I would buying. <laughs> of I would course, be, you'd be in High Wycombe. Absolutely. Why wouldn't I? But yeah, I'd be buying something that has potential subdivision for the future. Because absolutely, that once that infrastructure, once the train station starts running, it's it's supposed to be running 2019-20, up and running, and all the infrastructure's put in. They're putting, I think, $2 billion worth of infrastructure in, into this development. You're going to start to get some, you know, some price increases due to the fact and its proximity to the city. I mean, we're only, I think, 14 Ks from the CBD as the, as the crow flies. So yeah, and that's, that's very, the point. very close. As the crow flies, we're close, but we've always had that airport in the way. Absolutely. With that train station, it's not a factor anymore. Uh-uh. You can you can get there very very quickly. You're coming straight off the bay, the Midland Line. Yes. Coming out from Ashfield train station, is it around there? I believe so. Yep. Yep. So essentially, what we're doing is High Wycombe is now really just an equivalent on the train station of sort of your Bassendine in terms of how long it takes to get to a city. Absolutely. Yeah, and for a price much cheaper. Very much, Simon. For me, as I said, this is High Wycombe is is a favourite of mine. I've been uh, pushing High Wycombe for a while now, and I think it's one of those sleeping giants that people are going to realise, hopefully not too late, that we have all of those fundamentals of for growth mm-hmm. at a really affordable price point. So for me, the type of people that would be investing in High Wycombe, especially your first time investors, your first time small developers who want to get you know sink their teeth into something that they can afford, that's going to have a good passive return over the long term as well. Yep, absolutely. Simon, thanks a lot for your time and uh, hopefully uh, we can have you in again soon. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. 
If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!